Welcome to the Turn on the Jets post-game report. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter at PlayLikeAJet1. Joined, as always, by the great beat reporter from NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media, Mr. Daryl Slater. We are going to break down the finale today. This one in Foxborough. The Jets getting destroyed, let's be honest about it, by the New England Patriots. And that will put a capper on the Jets season at 4-12. and And we'll get into it in a second, but definitely going to put a capper in Todd Bowles' career as head coach of the New York Jets. Daryl, what's going on, man? Not much. Just uh, riding back to New Jersey, here through Connecticut. Uh, nice little drive back. After, uh, yeah, after the Jets just got destroyed today. It was uh, another embarrassing loss for them up there. 26-6, they lose in the finale last year. 38-3 this year. They are not close to being a contender. But, uh, yeah, so that'll do it for Todd Bowles. He... Wound up going fourteen and thirty-five after starting ten and five. Uh, he went six and twenty-one in his final twenty-seven games. Jets closed one and nine this year. They closed two and nine last year. And that, you know, I mean, the roster the roster is not good enough. Uh, but you know, you can't overcome those type of win-loss numbers. Uh, he'll go down with a three seventy-five winning percentage as the uh, as the uh, second worst winning percentage of any coach in Jets history. He's coached more than 16 games, of course, Rich Kotite having on 4-28 and is number one on that list. And But, yeah, so Todd Bowles' final record is, what, about 24-40. and 40. Uh, But, it, you know, it's interesting. He has such a promising start at 10-5 and five and for things to spiral um, so significantly with losing, you know, four, winning just 14 of his final 49 games. I don't think anyone could have could have seen that coming at the end of 2015, but here we are. And it was a long tradition that's been going on with Jets coaches, the winning record in the first year. It's gone back for a while. The last one who didn't do it was Rich Kotite. But if you look at Bill Parcells' first year, 9-7, and seven. Al Groh, 9-7, and seven. Herman Edwards, 9-7, and seven. Eric Mangini, 10-6, and six. yet Rex Ryan was 9-7, and seven. and then Todd Bowles, 10-6. and six. So all I'm saying is, word of warning, Jets fans, if a new guy comes in here and has a winning record year one, don't start throwing a party just yet because it doesn't necessarily mean anything. But this will be the end for Todd Bowles. No official word yet, but I'm sure sometime between now and when they do the presser in the morning, we are going to get the official word that Todd Bowles will no longer be the coach. And then we're going to have plenty to talk about as far as the head coaching search. But for now, Daryl, let's talk about the players that are still here and the ones that had some things to say in the locker room. Tremaine Johnson was the one that everybody was talking about this week because he ended up getting himself into trouble and then ultimately ended up being inactive today. So walk me through what happened, and then you actually had an interaction with him in the locker room after the game. So tell me about that, too. Uh, yeah, so Tremaine Johnson was late on Wednesday, and, um, of course, he didn't practice Wednesday. He practiced Thursday and Friday. And uh, he said on, thir- on Thursday, or actually later on Wednesday, uh, that he expected to play in the game, but he was informed by Todd Bowles for warm-ups that he was going to be inactive and uh, he said it's only a one-time uh Tremaine Johnson said it was only a one-time lateness infraction for him on Wednesday that he that he woke up late he said um but look I mean it's a bad look I mean the guy just gave this guy 34 million dollars up front he's not has not played well this year and he admitted that after the game that he felt like he had a mediocre year and he was apologetic and honest about what happened uh for the most part uh and said, you know, he felt like he let, let his teammates down. and um, So yeah, he, he maintained that he hopes to come back stronger next year. And 
But I, you know, I asked him, you know, does he feel like he's earned uh, earned the money that the Jets paid him? I think it's a reasonable question, and he was, you know, he didn't answer. He wouldn't answer. He said, "Next question." I mean, it was a professional exchange. It was no one got upset, and this is, believe me, I don't take it personally. Like, there's like many more <laughs> things in my life that matter personally to me than than that stuff. I mean, it's part of the job, and he understands that. Um, so, you know, he took a lot of tough questions there today, and uh, he stood up and he answered all, almost all of them, but he wouldn't answer that one, which is certainly his right. Uh, but yeah, so a uh, fittingly awful conclusion to his pretty bad first year with the Jets and uh, you know, they're going to wind up sinking $45 million into this guy because they can't get out of the contract until after 2020. They're stuck with him for three years. I mean, so it, it could be two more really bad years if he doesn't get his act together here and start playing better um, because you know, look, if they want to cut him after 2019, they'd only save $3 million compared to what his cap hit would be. So that's the problem. They gave him a $20 million signing bonus. If you prorate that over the course of a five-year deal, that's where you come up with that big dead money hit uh, in, in 2020 if you were to cut him after 2019. So that's why there, it's really a three-year contract for $45 million, and, you know, not 72. I mean, that's, I mean the odds that he sees 70, all $72.5 million at this point are, they're just, you know, I think I have a better chance of seeing $72.5 million. But, uh, but yeah, so that, that was what happened with Tremaine Johnson. Daryl Roberts was um, apparently late to some non-meetings, non-practice type stuff. Um, that was the report. And Roberts would not clarify after the game, but he did say that he, uh, that he was not late to practice or meeting. And he, so he really only sat out the first quarter or so. Uh, but he wanted to play. He didn't start as he usually has been at free safety, but he wanted to play in the game. Another guy who was very vocal in the locker room after the game and who obviously you guys went and sought out because he's somebody who's generally a very good quote was Jamal Adams. And he had a lot to say. He seemed very frustrated. And it was almost like an open letter plea to Mike McCagnin to please bring him some help. Or at least that's what it seemed like to me. Oh, absolutely. I mean, he said the Jets need more players. He was a very upfront about it. He said they need dogs, which, you know, to me, he didn't. He didn't clarify that. I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you know what I mean. And I'm going to be like, well, I could infer, but why don't you just tell me what you mean? Like, <laughs> uh, but, whatever. Uh, so, you know, to me, that means they need guys who are, you know, guys who are more of a fighters than what they have. Better quality players, you know, more ferocious players in terms of, you know, the intensity, the commitment level. And so, he didn't dance around it. You know, he said that he said stated the obvious, which is this roster. This roster is not talented enough, and uh, and he said he hopes that this front office goes out and uses some of that cap space coming up in the offseason and goes and gets guys. And he and he he said like flat out he hopes they get Le'Veon Bell. I mean that's uh, which I guess in the NBA these days would give you a fine for some kind of tampering, uh, but I don't know how that works really necessarily in the NFL. But yeah, he, he was very he was very blunt, very upfront about the fact that. He, he thinks they need more help. They need better players, which is true. He's speaking the truth. I mean, every anyone who watches the team could see that. Um, so we'll see what the Jets do. But, you know, one of the reasons why they're in this position is because Michael Cagney was drafted so poorly. I mean, Jamal Adams is a really good draft tech, obviously. But, like, let's be honest here. I mean, you can't necessarily have a quick fix when your roster is bad. I mean, as bad as the Jets is right now, you're not going to have a quick fix with the, you know, $100 million in cash space. It'll help, but... You know, the bottom line is eventually you have to draft more confidently than they have. And Adams was very emotional, too, when talking about Todd Bowles. He called him the best coach he's ever had, right? Yeah, and he said he hates to see Todd Bowles go down like this, and he acknowledged, you know, the reality that he's 
going to get fired. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he was emotional about it. And uh, you can tell he really respects Todd Bowles. And, but the bottom line is, you know, he understands, and he said the Bowles understands, too, that, you know, it's a business where results and they didn't get enough of them. While sports can bring us so much joy, it can also bring us a lot of unwanted stress. And that stress can make it difficult to concentrate, relax, and get decent sleep. Sunday Scaries was launched in 2017 by two best friends and business partners, Bo Schmidt and Mike Sill. They operated a full-service bar with 50 employees and were always exhausted. They tried all kinds of products, but they didn't work. Then they started experimenting with CBD. They loved the effects and regained control of their days and nights, but they wanted better CBD products. So what they did for themselves was specially formulate CBD gummies with vitamins D3 and B12 that were super consumable, easy to take on the go, and effective. Long story short, their specially formulated CBD products and vitamins helped relieve the overwhelming angst they felt on a daily basis. So in July 2017, they named the company Sunday Scaries and began sharing their products with friends and launched their online store at sundayscaries.com. With tens of thousands of customers, monthly subscribers, and a 100% money-back guarantee, Sunday Scaries has always been on a mission to transform a worrisome nation into a chill one. And right now, we have a bonus for you. Get 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. Again, 25% off all products at sundayscaries.com when you use the code OVERTIME. You mentioned the cap space, and that's obviously going to be a way that the Jets can add extra players and certainly more talented ones. Whether or not they're able to get top-tier talent remains to be seen, but one way that they should be able to, at least if Mike McCagnin does his job properly, is in the draft, and we now know where the Jets are going to be selecting. We went into the day thinking that the Jets had a decent chance at the number two pick and an outside chance at the number one pick, but all said and done, neither one comes to pass, and the Jets end up picking third. They are, yeah, third behind the Cardinals at one and the 49ers at two. The Jets are in that group of four and 12 teams, and they're just behind the Niners in strength of schedule. That's why they're third and the Niners are, are second. So the Jets picking third, the same spot as they traded up to last year to get Sam, or this year, I guess, to get Sam Darnold. Uh, and, uh, yeah, we'll see what they do. Will they trade out of the pick? The fact that the Oregon quarterback, Herbert is not coming out. Um, I think his last name is pronounced Herbert, unless it's, I guess, the, you know, I don't know, maybe a French pronunciation of that or something like that. <laughs> but uh, but he is not coming out, so that's that's a one less, one fewer quarterback option out there. So, but yeah, I think the Jets, yeah, there's a good chance they could stay there and pick an edge rusher or something like that, Colin Farrell or Will McBosa fall. A lot of interesting options for them with a third pick in terms of not having a second-round pick and, uh, you know, the possibility that they could potentially trade back to pick up a pick. Up a pick. Um, I think it's possible, but you can certainly also get a good player at three. Real quickly, Daryl, because we're going to talk about this more when we talk next time sometime later in the week, but the coaching search is going to get underway presumably right away. I would assume sometime tomorrow, Monday morning, they'll start figuring out what they want to do. One name that may be off the list is Mike McCarthy. There was a report this morning by Jason Lock and Fora of CBS that McCarthy may be offered full control of the Cardinals organization, but that he wouldn't be interested and is poised to take 2019 off. We don't know it for sure, but if that's the case, that would take one name off the table. Who are some of the names that you're hearing right now as the coaching search is about to get underway as possible names that they might be bringing in for interviews? If Mike McCarthy is willing to talk, they should at least talk to him, I think. Um, but 
you know, maybe he doesn't, maybe he wants to take 2019 off, collect his paycheck for doing nothing, which, yeah, we all would love to do that. Um, and, uh, and I think, you know, ultimately the Jets should cast a wide net here. I think they should look at some of these college coaches like David Shaw, Chris Peterson, Matt Campbell, Iowa State. Uh, those, those are guys that they should look at. Um, and, yeah, I think if Jay Gruden gets let go in Washington, he's a guy that should get some consideration. Um, in terms of Adam Gase, I don't know. Maybe, uh, just doesn't have a, a big trip, big track record. Um, and I think if you look at some of these coordinators, Pete Carmichael would be an interesting one. The Saints offensive coordinator, Eric Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Those are guys, of course, who are in the playoffs, but will be able to interview this week, uh, weekend because their teams got buys. So that's sort of how the schedule works. If, if your team receives a buy, uh, out of the first weekend, then, then the, those assistant coaches can interview this weekend. Uh, teams that play this weekend and then advance to the, uh, to the divisional round weekend, uh, the assistant coaches on those teams interview before the divisional round game. So that's sort of how that works. But, you know, there are coaches out there who are, you know, they don't need to do that with, whether it's a college coach or Mike McCarthy, though it sounds like Mike McCarthy, uh, you know, doesn't want to. It doesn't want to get us back in the water just yet. So we'll see how it shakes up. Daryl, last question before I take it on the chin and admit that I was dead wrong about my prediction. But we'll get back to that in a second. The Jets just re-signed Quincy Inunua, four-year deal, so he'll be back. Robbie Anderson and Henry Anderson are both guys that the Jets could bring back. I think it would make some sense based on what they produced this year. Robbie Anderson, a restricted free agent. Henry Anderson was talking about it a little bit after the game, but didn't really get into details. He kind of was cleverly sidestepping any questions about whether or not he wanted to come back. Do you get a sense that the Jets are going to work diligently to bring back the two Andersons? Yeah, so I mean, the, Robbie Anderson's a lock to return. As a, they'll probably put the second round tender on him, and that should be enough to keep him around. He'll play on a one year restricted free agent deal next year, and uh, and then become an unrestricted free agent the following year. So uh, Henry Anderson's an interesting one. He had a good year. Uh, you know, they gave up a seventh round pick for him, and he really uh, put together a nice season, made himself some money. I think that uh, he's certainly a guy they could work to resign, especially if they if they trade Leonard Williams. Um, and, and to get rid of his $14.2 million cap hit next year, he's obviously been disappointing, so we'll see what the Jets maybe could get for him in terms of a trade offer. Um, but, yeah, I think uh, Henry Anderson would certainly be a wise uh, guy to uh, for the Jets to, to look at resigning. But, you know, you can't blame a lot of these guys for wanting to hit free agency. Now, why wouldn't he want to go out there and take take a look at some offers? I think what, what happened with Quincy and Nunn was is less common than, than, the, uh, than the alternative, which is, you know, a guy – wanting to explore his options in March free agency. Hi, I'm Erica Mandy from the Newsworthy Podcast, where we break down all the day's news in less than 10 minutes. And we know right now all the COVID-19 news coverage can feel a bit overwhelming. Our goal is to keep you updated in a way that gives you the facts and need-to-know information without causing unnecessary panic. We give you the serious stuff and the actions we all need to be taking, but we also remind you about the positive, all in 10 minutes each weekday. Just search for The Newsworthy in your podcast app or go to thenewsworthy.com. That's thenewsworthy.com. Daryl, we went through our semi-mindless predictions before this game. You had the Patriots winning in a blowout. I thought the Jets would keep it close. And at the end, 
You would get the metaphorical pat on the butt from Tom Brady to Sam Darnold because Darnold would have played a great game and kept the Jets in it on the road against a strong Patriots team. That's not how this went down. They got spanked. So I got to give this one to you. You got that one completely right. I was dead wrong. But one thing that I did see in this game, despite the fact that the Jets got beaten up really bad, was Deontay Burnett. He was making some really nice catches. Again, you saw the strong bond that he has developed with Sam Darnold that he had from USC I wonder why it took them this long to get him in the game and also as far as going forward do you think that there is going to be any potential opportunities for him here because he's only on that one-year deal I'm not sure if he has that Davis Webb type thing where it's an exclusive rights free agent or if the Jets can just keep him or if he's free to go elsewhere but do you see him as potentially being in the plans beyond this year yeah, absolutely. I think he's a guy, he is an exclusive rights-free agent. So what that means is basically if a team offers you, it's not a free agent at all. It's like if a team <laughs> offers you the minimum contract, you have to take it. So that's in no way a free agent. So, yeah, they'll give him the minimum and he'll come back and uh, try to prove himself next year. And obviously a strong finish for him this year. It's certainly a guy that you can make the case that they should have given him a look earlier, uh, considering how he, you know, he developed. He's smaller guys and small frame but he's quick um and he has some certainly has some assets so yeah he'll definitely be back next year and davis webb is in the same boat exclusive rights free agent i want to say frankie lubu is in that boat as well maybe um i'm not sure but i had a, a rundown of that on a did a little list of pending free agents for in-house guys on saturday so it's all in there but uh but yes deontay burnett will uh i, I think his first name is actually pronounced Dante, but uh, but I, that's how they pronounce it. That's how they were pronouncing it in the press box. But he will be back uh, for sure uh, next year. Well, Daryl, that sounds like an article that everybody should read. So if you haven't read it yet about the internal free agents, go over to NJ.com and check it out. And also check out all the rest of Daryl's great work and the great work of Matt Stipulkowski. It's all up at NJ.com. So, Daryl, beyond what I just said with that internal article, what do you and Matt have cooking up at NJ.com over the next couple of days? Yeah, we have all this stuff from coming out of the game and then, a rundown of the coaching candidates. Matt's got to look look at their opponents for next year, uh, which are set now. Uh, the Jets' possibility for a London game because they play at the Jaguars, so either a trip to Jacksonville or a trip to London there. Uh, and uh, yeah, plenty of stuff with the coaching search and a little uh, item for tomorrow morning on this, the ideal way that they should conduct this search. And I just made a few points in there about, like, obviously going back to the Charlie Casserly well would be foolish i think at this point if i know christopher johnson is new to this but the, the johnsons have owned this team since 2000 if they cannot conduct a coaching search like on their own i mean what what are you doing i mean it's like almost 20 years you've owned an nfl team you should be able to do this without help um and it's a basic function of being an nfl owner you know? now i think mike mccagan if he is retained should have some say in who the next coach is if you don't trust him to do that that's fire um but I, I think ultimately the decision should come down to, to the Johnsons and uh, let Christopher Johnson go to work here and see what he can do. Um, but, I, you know, there's a bunch of other items in there, many of them obvious, which is they have to hire an offensive-minded coach or, you know, or someone who can at least bring in a, uh, a really good coordinator. Like if they had hired John Harbaugh, which doesn't look like it's going to happen because, as I note in there, it would be stupid to give up draft picks for John Harbaugh because the Jets – 
roster needs as many draft picks as possible. But if they were to hire a Harbaugh type, you know, a CEO type who doesn't have an offensive background, uh, you know, you need to make sure he would bring in a guy who could develop Sam Donald. So kind of goes without saying, but that's that, that a full rundown up there uh, tomorrow morning. Sounds good, Daryl. Looking forward to reading it and looking forward to talking to you again later this week. Hopefully we'll have some news about the coaching search to talk about. Daryl, have a safe ride back. I know that you are with Matt Stiplikowski and Andy Vasquez right now from the beat, so I hope all three of you get back in one piece, at least in better condition than the Jets were after this game in Foxborough today. We'll talk later in the week. Meantime, check out NJ.com for Matt and Daryl's work. And for the latest and greatest in Jets podcasts, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and turnonthejets.com.